0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin. Now I got my guy with me, Nick Fryer over at DraftKings. Nick has been on plenty of times. It's been a while. Uh, Life has gotten in the way for the both of us. We've just been busy as hell. So, Nick, I'm very happy to have you on with me today.
1: It's always fun to talk Sixers basketball with you. It's just an excuse to talk all basketball stuff with you, which is, it's been too long since we've done this. Happy holidays to you, by the way, brother.
0: Absolutely. Happy holidays to you as well. It's crazy how 2021 is coming to an end. Uh, today, we, it is uh, December 21st today. 2021 has ex- exactly 10 days left. In this crazy year, we are 355 days into this year. I just have, I find that absolutely insane. We're about to turn into 2022, and it seems like we're about to come up on year three of a pandemic. We are coming up on oh, year geez, three of yeah, it. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's uh, that's that's kind of way, that's it's, it's what it is. It's been, um, it's been odd to say the least. Like it's a, and, and now there's the whole everybody's getting COVID left and right again in basketball, the NHL's postponed through the 26th. So it's like, you know, there was a... Sixers had a game postponed the other day. They got to play the Celtics, though. They got to play the Celtics. Yeah, and they they ended up
0: beating the Celtics. They Mm -hmm. ended up beating the Celtics. Joel Embiid going for 41, 10, 5, 4 blocks, and 2 steals. And what was crazy is, per sport tender, Joel Embiid is the first Sixer to have a game of 40, 10, and 5 against the Celtics since the great Dolph Shays in
1: 1960. Jeez, that's a throwback right there. I'll tell you what, like, the... I know this is a disappointing season for Sixers fans, but there's not there's so much that's out of their control at this point, like the Sixers. Um, but Joel and B, like, how can you not be excited about this guy? And like with De- like Daryl Morey, like you're got you got to get moving on some shit. Like uh, you got to figure out the situation because. You don't want to lose out on this window with him because it's not it's not like uh oh Joel's gonna leave whenever his contract wraps up. It's just like you want to get to this guy, you get him a ring while he's at his peak because he is one of the absolute best in the league. He's such a freaking force. Was it 41 against the Celtics, right? Yeah, 41. 41. He had a hell of yeah.
0: a game, and one of those things out of their control that you just mentioned is still the Ben Simmons situation. Yes, it is almost Christmas time, and Ben Simmons is still technically a member of the Philadelphia 76ers now. A little surprising. Yeah, definitely a little surprising. I thought for sure that we would see a move, you know, a little after December 15th, now that the league is a little more open to trading. Um, But at the same time, Nick, Daryl has pretty much been very steadfast in the fact that he wants a top 25 player. He is Mm -hmm. not going to move off that ledge. Now, granted, he's probably right you know, you, and, and doing so because of how great Ben Simmons is, and he can do so many elite things out on the basketball court. The thing is, though, it just it really just seems like Ben really doesn't have much of an interest in playing for the team. Now, granted, he's still working through his, his mental issues, and from what I know, he's apparently seeing somebody um, th- uh, approved through the MBPA in order to help himself continue to get mentally ready and get back out onto the floor. The thing is, though, it just really seems like the Sixers are really wasting time. We're now 31 games into this year. There's 51 games left in this year. They're, so there's still plenty of time to turn this around, but they're only 16 and 15, Nick. This is not what we expected from the 76ers to begin this year, even without Ben Simmons.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a tough, it's an odd spot because you're absolutely right. Like As much as I pick apart Ben Simmons, we are seeing right now just how much of an impact he has on this team in an Eastern conference that is definitely better than it than it was like a few years ago. Right. When we should say, Oh, it's the Eastern conference. Like right. it's, you know, it's like LeBron's calves and then a couple other teams, but like, really, you don't really take too many teams seriously. Now it is definitely more evenly spread out across the Western and Eastern conference, still given the Western conference, the edge. but like you would still expect if Ben Simmons was there, the Sixers would be one of those like top, they'd be one of the top four teams right now, for sure. If not top, two um, with the nets and what, you know, maybe top three with the bucks too, but like that now we have the calves as the third place team in the league. Like it's all, yeah, and then crazy. the South, Celt- the Celtics and the, the Sixers are at the bottom, but like where the Celtics, you know, they've had no Jalen Brown. I would say they're more of a disappointment than the Sixers right now. It's just like, it's all out of their control at this point until you move Ben Simmons. But I don't blame Maury for standing Pat right now. It's just like, you need to get something for Ben Simmons, but at the same time, this is just, you're in such a, you just it's its a year wasted. And how many years can you continue to waste Joel Embiid at his peak when you have like other good pieces around? Him? Like you, you've gotten the guys you want around him, but you just don't have that number two alongside him. But I, I do think this I hesitate to say this, but like part of me thinks this will work out for the best for the Sixers when they get rid of Simmons, because I do think whatever like secondary piece they bring in or or Robin piece that they bring in, it's going to be better than Simmons is for them just because what we see what happens with him every time in the postseason.
0: I just feel like at this moment in time, there's really only two legitimate options. You either mend the fences with him and you bring him back and try again because doc mentioned it pregame on Monday against the Celtics. Mm -hmm. He was like, listen, you are seeing the glaring holes that Ben Simmons leaves. We are not as elite defensively. We need his playmaking. He gets into the paint. Um, you know, they need him.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm. there's either that or Daryl says, you know what? Screw it. And punts this season and tries to go after James Harden in the offseason. They're not getting Damian Lillard. They're not. Now, No. Like, like, um, unless one day Dame wakes up and says, you know what? Get me the hell out of Portland. Like the guy loves Portland. And I've been trying to tell people this really ever since Dame expresses frustrations like, he may be frustrated with the Blazers, but he's going to give the Blazers every single chance to fix that situation out there in Portland.
1: He's not leaving Portland
0: willingly. Like he's going like to try every
1: chance. I like that about him. Like that's one of my that's one of the reasons why. Who, like why wouldn't you want Damian Lillard? This guy's loyal to a fault to an extent. I, I want to see that kind of stuff, but at the same time like you're more likely to go and have Ben Simmons get traded to the Blazers and then send out a guy like CJ McCollum um, versus get Damian Lillard over in Philly or anywhere else. Cause I know it happens in Boston. It happens pretty much everywhere. Like you want Damian Lillard, you want Bradley Beal um, and you know, obviously James Harden when he was the, the whole thing that was going on with him, but Damian Lillard's not the guy that that's going to happen with. Um, and Beal feels like that sometimes, but I don't know. And I feel a little bit, I feel a lot different about him versus Harden and and Lillard, but that's a conversation we get to in a second. Um, But yeah, when it comes to waiting on putting on the season, uh, you know, when you say men, you say there's two options. I feel like there is that third one where you try and mend the fences with Ben Simmons and then well, show well, him off showcase. Well, 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 that was my
0: first one. Like, like mm, you, you mend the fences. I was talking about two
1: options. Right. So, but there's a third one where you mend the fences, but you don't really mend the fences. You okay. tell him you mend the fences. You say things are fine. You try and show faith in him, showcase him, and then you trade him at the last second. And I know that kind of sounds cold, but the way things have been going with Ben Simmons right now, like. It's just like there's been a lot of finger pointing on from his camp. So it's not just Ben, and I understand he's got stuff going on that you got to take care of, and I respect that, and absolutely. But at the same time, with his camp and how they've been going after the Sixers and how this has been an odd back and forth, Ben wants out still. So you go and try and mend those fences and then get him out. He's still You're giving him what he really wants at the end of the day because I don't think you can truly – mend these fences as much as you you it may seem like that on the surface i'm never going to believe that there's like that trust that they supposedly had before you got to move on and i think that's the best way to do it try to uh, quote mend the fences and then once t- he showed off like hey he can still do it and everything then get rid of him
0: yeah i, th- I think like that would ultimately lead to him being traded like going back to the first one be like you know, oh, look, he can still be an, a, a game changer. He could be a difference maker. He, he can still mm-hmm. be that all-star. So, and, and Ben in the offseason, he said that it's not his responsibility to boost his trade value. I strongly disagree. Um, yeah. You know, like like you need to go out there and, and play and boost your trade value. But yeah. like my thing is, though, I don't think right now, even if he does come back and, and play out of his mind that the Sixers are going to get what they want in any deal for for ben at the moment so for me it's like you need to mend the fences and try to um and, and try to play this out again and see and see if he can could get over whatever mental block is there mm. come play come playoff time now there was a report i think i think around the second or third game of the year where ben told the franchise i'm willing to come back i don't know if the, i don't really don't know the if if he really meant that or something. But the point is he has told the franchise he's willing to come back. The big thing is though, he's got to be quote unquote mentally ready. And then that's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, take your time, but he's also not keeping, keeping in touch with the franchise. You know, the the Sixers have been very frustrated with him. Like, like there's, there's really just been a lot of, that's that's the thing. And and you mentioned, you know, finger pointing and things like that.
1: That's the thing. When you say, Oh, you know. Oh, I I, I want to rejoin the team. The second that comes out, and then the second after that is like he's not in communication with the team. It's like okay, well, th- then there's no like there's a, there's some someone's lying here. Like I don't believe any like there's no way you can have both of those things happening, and it's all just it, it just totally truthful. It totally makes sense. Like if you want, if you truly honestly want to be back with the team, then there has there has to have been communication because you would want to tell them that you're not just going to go through the media. So like I, I have a very tough time buying anything that's coming out of Ben Simmons camp. Now I don't, I I know I say Ben Simmons and point the finger at him sometimes. And he is, you know, he's a grown ass man. So he is responsible for the people he associates himself with. But like, I I do hesitate to say like, Ben is the one making all these decisions. I would imagine a lot of this stuff falls on the lap of, you know, Rich Paul, where he's, he's, he's going to make all these, um, these decisions and everything. And it's like, well, again, like it's just, it's an odd situation that I don't get like I feel that this situation, you, it, I, I believe the Sixers more so in all this. And I, I my, like my I was raised to not want to, but I, I just can't help it because I feel like everything that's been going on with this situation has just been like, eh, you know, it doesn't it, nothing seems right coming out of Ben Simmons camp. Right. It's
0: just it, it's a weird situation right now. And, y- you know, you really hope that Ben is OK because, you know, mental health is really not a joke. Like you can't you know, make a joke about that stuff. So you really hope that Ben is OK. Because, you know, at the end of the day, this is just basketball. But I I, I think the biggest thing, though, from a Sixers standpoint, be like, yo, we are trying to help you out, and you aren't helping us out, if that makes sense. Because, Mm -hmm. uh, as I mentioned, the Sixers have expressed frustration that Ben isn't, you know, keeping the team in the loop. Like, like that was a big thing earlier in the season. They're frustrated that he's not, you know, holding up really his end of the bargain. So for Mm -hmm. Philadelphia to truly move forward, they're going to need cooperation from Simmons and his camp in order to continue to you know, keep this thing pushing and keep this thing moving forward. But on the flip side, in terms of what Daryl wants now, granted, he could always turn this into like a three team or a four team deal. Um, yeah. I think Brian Windhorse reported that he could always hit up the Houston Rockets. He could always hit up the Sacramento Kings and he could hit up, uh, what was the fourth, the third team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, because mm-hmm. all three of the decision makers used to work with Maury, Raphael Stone in Houston, mm-hmm. Monte McNair in Sacramento. And uh, Sachin Gupta in Minnesota, so all three of those guys have worked with Daryl before. Uh, So, like, like that's always a big thing. You could always uh, include one of those teams in a three-team or four-team deal to get you maybe uh, D'Angelo Russell or or. But then again, though, you don't want a D'Angelo Russell. You don't want a guy like
1: that for Ben. No, no. no. And I yeah, that I don't know about Minnesota making that move to as much as it's an improvement in player. Like that's Cat's dude. Like that, I feel like that would kind of ruffle feathers because Ben Simmons is not him and Cat aren't like a thing right no him and cat are cool but that ben and cat you know are they're they're good but no but, i mean like i like d'angelo russell and cat are though like oh, those no, guys they're not are just, they're they're, yeah, they're that's not what like i mean because
0: as you mentioned cat and d you know the, those guys are they're they're tight yeah so, but that, that's always kind of been the room that's been out there if minnesota were to get involved in this now mm-hmm. the, the thing is though just i really don't think they're going to get the value that they think they're going to get so i i, I think you either mend the fence with them and Try to play out this season. Maybe he changes his mind. Maybe he, maybe the Sixers get going again. They win. They rattle off seven, eight wins in a row, and mm-hmm. they begin to get confident again, which which could be a real thing if Ben, you know, does play the way Benson is capable of. And you know, you can um, you know, move forward and push forward again. Or you punt this season, which I feel like would be a big mistake because you you don't want to waste Joel. You mm-hmm. don't want to waste Joel. And I don't think Joel's crime is going to be as long as maybe, say, a LeBron James, because A, he's a big man, and B, he's suffered yeah. like a lot of injuries to his body. So I feel like his body is going to break down a, like a, a little more sooner than what we all think it's going to.
1: Yeah, 100%. You can't. It, that actually, I didn't even think about that in the course of all. Yes, it's a big man. Like you're, And like when you talk about like LeBron's probably I mean like LeBron's just a freak of nature, too. Like some of these guys, you see him start to fall off out of nowhere. And it's with a big man, it's going to be even worse. And, and, and never mind him dealing with all the knee crap. Um, but yeah, I, I, I the, you know, we talked, I said it before how the, as much as the Eastern Conference is um, better than it has been in years past, it's slowly gotten better over the years. It's like it's still like it, it's still very much anybody's conference to win. Like uh, the Nets are at the top of it right now, and then it's like it's the Bulls, and I respect the Bulls, and I and I, I love what Demar Derozan is doing over there and everything, and, and Lonzo and Caruso and all that stuff, right? But I don't take them seriously. I love what the Cavs are doing. I don't take them seriously at the moment, but at the same time, I can't help but look at it and say we've seen over in the past two seasons, right? We saw the Bucks take advantage of the, the, um, the Nets situation, right? Where they right. were like fully rostered and everything. And then we saw with the Suns, Okay. And take advantage of the situation in the Western conference. And then the year before that, we saw the heat take advantage of the bubble, right? And the Celtics could have taken advantage of it. So you had two teams right there, primed to take advantage of that situation again. So that's a, a lot of that's going on over these past few years because of the COVID situations. And it's not just COVID. It's also the injuries that happen off of layoffs the inconsistent playing all this different stuff that's happened in this pandemic era. And now it's like, okay, well, if the Sixers had Ben Simmons back, if he could just be what he's normally is in the regular season, then yes, they absolutely have a chance to go and, and, you will figure things out and plow through the, the the um the postseason because like every team is one injury away from taking a huge step back. And the Sixers are an example of that. As much as Simmons isn't injured, like he's away from the team. And we've seen how much they've dropped off. So yeah, I, I don't think punting on the season, if you if you can try and mend the fences with him, at least for this season, and try and convince him like. This is going to be good for, even if you don't want to lie, if you want to be completely honest with them and say like, this is going to be good for everybody. If you come back, you play your ass off. We can trade you for more and we can probably get you out of here. No questions asked. And we, and then we get it like a decent guy in return. Like, and, and then we're good in the end.
0: Yeah. I feel, I feel like that would probably be the best way to do it. And the thing is, it's like, you can totally see where they miss them. They're not like as uh, they're not as stiff or a stingy as they were last year defensively. I give Tyrese Maxi and Shake Milton a lot of credit. Two of them have done a really good job, especially Maxi. He's been really impressive this year, outside of a, a a little stretch here and there. To um, you know, there was like there was like a stretch when Joel came back where he struggled, but Tyrese has been really really good for a guy only in his second year and at twenty one. Oh, yeah. awesome. oh yeah, Oh so, yeah, him
1: and, and 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 Shake like we used to. I used to like just laugh like every like I feel like it was. Um, like I, when we, when I first started coming on the show, like every time we talk about shake, Mill, I just didn't take him seriously enough. And he's really grown over the past few years, man. Well, cause yeah. he was the one that was supposed to be right. Was he the one it wasn't, who, who was it? The, the Spurs player he was supposed to be like, oh, again? Yeah, yeah,
0: Brett Brown compared him to Danny green. from from his birthdays. And then um, it's funny because Danny Green is now with the Sixers. But I mean, Brett wasn't too far off, if we're going to be honest. So, I mean... Yeah, yeah. We laughed
1: at him, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, mean,
0: Brett Brett Brown turned out to be a pretty... that that turned out to be a pretty good comparison so yeah
1: now you bring up um the Sixers defensively too like every time like if we're talking about Ben Simmons of course the defense is the first thing we especially when you're talking about him in a positive light and I know with the Sixers they've been one of the more defensive efficient teams over the years and actually I wanted to pull that up quickly um right now they're 17th in defensive efficiency this year and they are a perennial like top 10 defensive team every single year so that's a pretty steep drop off and you know that if Simmons is back like they're definitely sliding all the way back up.
0: Yeah, they're definitely going to get back up. And, and just like if you can, if they can somehow get Ben back here, like I feel like that would be a big difference for them right now. But but you just mentioned the Eastern Conference. I just want to go back to that real quick. You know, Milwaukee's a defending champion, you know, and whenever Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton are out there on the floor, I think the Bucks have only lost once this year when all three of those dudes are out there. I mean, the, the length that, the, that they can have defensively mm-hmm. is crazy. And uh, Deep Vincenzo is going to come back soon, too. So,
1: yeah, I, 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 that's, that's another one. The scariest thing about the Bucks to me is like this team, like a lot of the guys that were on the team last year are still here and they, they did it together. And they're and they have this experience now, like as much as so some people will look back and probably try and discredit that title, because like, oh, they played the sons and the, all, all this different stuff. But it's like, well, no, they're they're a legit team. Like they they did it. And now they have that. They have that taste for winning. They know what they have an idea of what it takes now. Right. So they can do it again.
0: Right. So there's that. But then you also have to look into Brooklyn. You know, they're already beginning. They're already beginning to bring Kyrie Irving back, which I saw yeah. coming. I, I knew that was going to happen at some point. So Kyrie Irving's already on his way back. I mean, granted, he'll be a part time player because of New York's vaccination rules. He'll only be mm-hmm. able to play on the road. It's so and, weird.
1: I know. And he'll only be able to practice at home. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, it, Sean Marks has to like uh, he's at this point. He has to do whatever he can to to get a like a, a ring like in these next two years. Absolutely, because you can't waste Durant,
0: Harden, and Irving, especially like you went all in on these guys. Now granted, oh yeah, the, the Nets are still the number one seed in the East, and I expect them to keep that throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, listen, if, if if Kyrie does all of a sudden decide to become vaccinated, which again, I also feel like that's going to happen at some point, then and Kyrie's eligible to play at home. Then you can hand the title to the Nets right now because I, I feel like you're not going to beat that team four times in seven games.
1: I I think you're right. Um, I think I, I want to say you're right, but I just do wonder. I, I I need to see what this team looks like with all three of those guys on the floor but on a semi consistent basis. But we've seen it, we've say, see they, it last ba- year. For a little bit, but anything can look good for a little while. Look, obviously these three guys are very talented and James Harden, a guy who I've criticized up and down over the years has absolutely tried to do everything he can to fit into this team and and just ensure that they get wins. Like I have no question that he's going to go and he'll probably get more triple doubles, but his scoring is going to go down. Like when, when Kyrie comes back, but I still we, I need to see what this looks like every night because you you need to have KD be the guy out there the whole time. And I feel like Kyrie's going to try and be the guy now that he's back. And I just I so I, I still have question marks. I still get I still have him as a favorite, but I still have question marks.
0: You're not. I mean, listen, those are valid concerns. But I feel like when you look at the playoffs last year, Brooklyn beat the crap out of Milwaukee in games mm-hmm. one and two last year in second round. They were all too well comfortably. And Harden only, Harden only played a minute of Game One, and they beat the crap out of the Bucks. It wasn't even close. Then, mm-hmm. then Game Three, Game Three, I think the Bucks really only won with like two players. Like I think Giannis and Middleton were the only ones playing well. And and then you know Brooklyn loses um, Kyrie, and the Nets still almost won that series with just mm-hmm. Durant. So mm-hmm. it's just like like it's fair.
1: That's like, a fair point. It's a very fair point. Like, I, I mean, listen,
0: have... I mean, listen, if Durant's shoe size was just a half a foot smaller.
1: Oh yeah. I mean that
0: shot Durant makes to force overtime in game seven is a game winning three and the Nets move on to the conference finals. And there was no doubt in my mind that they would beat either Atlanta or Philadelphia. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so like my, my thing is just I I really don't see it as a, as anything crazy. Cause like, do you remember when the heat had LeBron, Wade and Bosch? And I think it was, I think, and I know to 2012, their first title run, they lost Chris Bosch to an injury in the second round to Indiana. And Everybody's like, oh my god, Indiana can beat the Heat now. And I was like, No, they still have LeBron and Wade. <laughs> like, are you are we being for real here? And then the Heat end up winning three straight because LeBron and Wade destroyed whatever the hell Indiana tried to do. And then the second, and then the conference finals against like Boston. I think Bosch came back in game five of that series. And again, even going into that one, I'm like, who cares what Boston has? Miami has LeBron and Dwayne Wade. And it's just like and it's the same thing here with Brooklyn. And if Brooklyn had two of those guys they would have beaten Milwaukee. That's
1: fair. That's fair. They, they they are going to, you're right. You're right. You've convinced me. They are going to, as long as they have all three of those guys, they should be able to run through it. It's just that this is like, well, I say that last year, but now where Kyrie has been gone so long this time, I have to, I still, you know what? You're right from a on paper standpoint. I agree with you. And if you just, if everything stayed the same as last year for them and everything, like, and we have all these guys here all the time, then yeah, sure. But we don't know what's going to happen within this situation. Like the the stat is the status quo going to be the same. Like uh, it's like in terms of the chemistry and everything, how is, it seems like, you know, there's reports that they're giddy and everything, right? Like that Kyrie is going to be back, but I need to see what that looks like because we've seen when he's around Shit has a tendency to change when Kyrie is around. Whether oh, you look at back to Boston or you look at the, his first days in in Brooklyn um, to to what happened in the next season, so it's like, so I I will say they are still the favorite if you have all three of those guys healthy. But I I'm not gonna hand it to them like you would.
0: I I am just I really don't feel like it's going to really matter because you always see in the NBA the team with the best players. In each playoff series, you know like they they tend to win the series. Like it's Absolutely. very rare that the underdog does cap Because I mean that's the NBA, which is why we love when the underdog does win. Which is why it was so cool, for example, to see the Bucks win last year. Because mm-hmm. I mean you know the Bucks have always died It was really cool to see that. Um, even Detroit, no four like like with those guys. You know nobody gave them a shot. The Lakers had Shaq and Kobe, so right. and peyton and Malone. So. Like, like, but that's what happens in the NBA. When you have the best players, you're going to win, and that's what you I really see with with Brooklyn. Um, so then you got Milwaukee. Fair you got the defending champs. Um, I feel like Miami could be a team that could beat the Sixers even if Ben does come back, because I feel like the Heat are one of those teams that just mentally grind you into a pulp. Um, because yeah. I mean, just the way with just with the way they play, Jimmy. Jimmy can Jimmy can easily get into their heads. It happens every time they play. Jimmy just somehow gets into one of their heads, um, and then Bam Bam is a great player. I mean, the Heat. Well, just I into, just
1: worry about what him about him coming back though. Like, oh, that, I, he's listen, that, long listen,
0: haul. That's fair, but the Heat yeah. just went into Philly and beat the Sixers with Gabe Vincent.
1: <laughs> yes, so, the, okay. the, the Sixers have had some. Mind, I mean, the, the Heat have had some mind blowing, uh, some mind blowing games this year. But like Bam will, I think he'll be fine long haul, but just short term. I do. I don't know that he's going to be bam out of bio right away when he comes back. And that may, it may just take the off season form.
0: I will agree with that too. A, a little bit. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, mm-hmm. And then who else? We, we can't forget about Atlanta. Um, I feel like the Hawks eventually will get it together. There's dealing with a lot of injuries right now. And they're also dealing with a team that they are now the hunted rather than the hunter, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. they're also dealing with that. They're still a young team. Um, Chicago, I love too, because that's because I just I love DeMar DeRozan, Alonzo Ball, but I'm also with you. I'm not really sure what the Bulls are really going to be. Yeah. Um, I'm also not really sure what to expect from Cleveland. Like I, I love the Cavs this year because Jared Allen is like one of the nicest person or nice. Yes. people You will ever. Yes. Run into. One of the such a nice guy. But the, the net like the Cavaliers to me are just like they're a great story. I think they'll be in the play-in tournament. I think they've set themselves up for the future. But for this year, no, we're not – I'm not counting the cast for anything. Um, and then I think Boston and Philly will get back up in there. The thing is, though, um, there was another team that that was on my mind, uh, Toronto. Like, Toronto is not that good either. Like, the Raptors are still no. dealing, dealing with a lot of stuff. But the Raptors are always one of those teams. Like, let's just say the Sixers and the Raptors match up at the play-in tournament. Toronto is one, one of those teams that they play – great defense against a great defense against joel every time uh the, the raptors play the sixers it's the same thing every time they get into joel and they make mm-hmm. life tough on him so the raptors could be another team charlotte is another team that charlotte will probably be back in the playing tournament this year they clearly need another guy to help out Lamelo and Rozier. but charlotte's another team that could possibly give them some trouble too i mean the Hornets almost just beat them down in charlotte twice they're and, an interesting uh, team for sure and Charlotte didn't have Lamelo Ball. They didn't have Terry Rozier. They didn't have Mason Plumlee. They didn't have. Um, uh, there were like four. they were like was Hayward. Hayward it, was, it was just
1: Hayward and Washington in that game.
0: it was. Yeah, it was Hayward, PJ, and Miles Bridges and Kelly Oubre. And the Hornets pushed the Sixers to overtime in the first game. Tell you, right? Right, man. And, and they needed Joel to go for like 48 and 15 just to beat the Hornets that first night. And then the second night, Hornets pushed them to the edge again and they needed Joel to have like 38 and 12
1: just to win by four. So and that team moves the ball. They are fast moving team. That's for damn sure. They it, it's, Smith it's, too, it's even like. more with LaMelo in there, but even without him still. I like Ish Smith, too.
0: Like, like you know, he, he's another one that like I, I enjoy watching.
1: They they are they are a dangerous team in the, in the in the playing game. That's fair. They got a lot of offensive firepower, man. It's it's pretty crazy. But you know, the reason why I don't like I, the the we're talking so, all about the Eastern Conference, but the reason why like I look at it, it's like, "Oh, you you say that the Nets they're still the team to beat in the East Shore, but I wouldn't hand them the title because I would. out west, there is one team that has come back from the dead and they yeah, still yeah, don't have the Warriors. Their, yeah, man. And, and One of the best, I think, actually, I have those defensive efficiency stats pulled up. They're the number one team in terms of defensive efficiency. Curry is bananas right now, and you're I getting Clay Thompson back. I do. I and, hear and, and it. I'm not Clay Thompson. I'm not going to go and say he's going to be normal Clay Thompson where he brings it on the defensive end, too. But offensively, I expect him to be pretty similar to what he is, at least in terms of a shooting.
0: I hear it. And, you yeah. know, I, I think. I love it. Like, listen, we, we got to begin r- wrapping up here. For oh, really, I apologize. Really quick, but.
1: Getting too excited.
0: My, my thing is, it's like, and I think I said this when, whenever Cleveland and Golden State matched up in the finals, and everybody was like, oh, Steph Curry's going to easily win that matchup. And I'm like, guys, you seem to forget that Kyrie Irving can do the same thing as Steph Curry can. You know, like, like, like Kyrie may not be launching it from deep, like, like, right. like as, as with the same frequency Steph does, or even with the same amount of range. But as, as easy as Kyrie can or Steph Curry can go for 40, Kyrie can go for 50. So And, I, and we saw that in the 2016 finals. Like, I mean, Kyrie had that 41-point game next to LeBron in Game 5 on the road in the, in the Bay. And then I think and then Kyrie obviously hit the shot in Game 7. Like, Kyrie is, is no slouch. Like, like, let's be real He's here. He's no
1: slouch. And obviously, he has one of the most clutch shots in, in postseason history, right? But, like, I – I don't, I hesitate to say like him going off is always going to have the same impact as Steph does. Don't get me wrong. Like he, like he but he had LeBron and Steph. I know he had KD a couple times, but he also did it where one time where he was the man too. And I understand people want to discredit that and everything. Right. But still it's just, to me, there's, there is a slight difference. And part of it is like the in the gym range that Steph has. I know Kyrie can shoot from three, but he's not Steph. Like Nobody is. We we no. saw that with with what happened at uh, the Madison Square Garden the other day. So,
0: I mean, listen, I'm I'm just saying like like this is kind of how I see Brooklyn. Like I I, I look at that team and I'm like, yeah, you remind me of the Heat. And they remind me of the LeBron Wade bosch Heat. Now, granted, they don't have the the nearly the amount of drama that that the uh, the 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 LeBron Wade bosch Heat had, but. I'm, when you look at there's, it, uh, they,
1: they push it with the drama. I mean, there's quite a bit of drama. I mean, you know what people read in most when it comes to net stuff is anything Bump. Kyrie related. Bump gate. Remember when the bomb bumped into Eric's Pulstra.
0: That was funny. That was, that, was that, 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 that was a fun I, time.
1: I can't say enough how, like, that guy has impressed me so much over the, the past few years. Like, he's I mean, getting his team to the finals. I know it was the bubble, but I don't care. Like, he, and, and still having this team, like, power through all this shit. Because they, they're, like, when you say, like, they, they could give the Sixers problem, yeah, but that's solely the Jimmy Butler factor. In general, having them be competitive with all the injuries and, and COVID and all that stuff that they're dealing with,
0: is so good. Yeah, Spolstra is an elite coach. Like Like, he yeah. coaches circles around a lot of guys. Yep,
1: one of the best. All right, Nick, tell everybody where they can follow you, uh, follow your work. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore Fryer, and of course, you can read all my basketball picks. I uh, find those over on the DraftKings playbook. I haven't put out any Sixers stuff in a little while. I got to check in on that. but uh, but yeah, I've been. Uh, but yeah, you can find all those picks there. By
0: the way, good call on Jared Goff throwing an interception that that will. That, I definitely read that. <laughs> I hate the Lions. The Lions are, are, are screwing me with these wins. There's no point. I want the number one pick in the worst way possible. So, it is brutal. again, you can always follow me on Twitter at Kai underscore Carlin. You can always check out SixersWire.com. I appreciate you guys for all of the support you've given me and the website over the last couple of years. So, with that being said, we're out. We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ringer.